0: Taylor, I'm Kat, and welcome to Square Mile of Murder. Hey, hi, how are you? What's up? How you been? Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it's winter in the northern hemisphere. Yeah, it's not winter in the southern hemisphere, but it's winter where we are.
1: So, which makes what we're about to say all the more amusing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um. And, like, it's been cold, so this week we decided that we would embrace the cold. So, yeah, we're going to take a little, like, virtual journey to crimes that have been committed in Antarctica.
1: Where it is currently the middle of
0: summer. (laughs) Yeah. We did not think this one through. Look, it's fine. It's always cold down there. (laughs) Um... Also, I apologize, if I say Antarctica wrong, I have a tendency to try to add an extra C in there somewhere, so this could be interesting. Like, An <laughs>
1: I mean, you do you. As I was writing the script, every so often I kept trying to write Atlantic instead of Antarctic, so...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. But yeah, so we're going to Antarctica today... Maybe it's like that. I don't see the say the first T. Sorry. I think that's what it is. I an, and an, Oh, Antarctica. So it just sounds too fancy. <laughs> um, We're going to the South Pole. Yeah, going down there. Uh, and hey, guess what, guys? There are five, just five, just five official crimes that have been committed there um and we're also going to look at the issues of governance and legal jurisdiction with crimes that are committed in antarctica said it yeah you got it right yeah just channel that energy for the rest of the episode i apologize if it's going to be painfully slow when i say it every (laughs) single time (laughs) Uh, before I, before we start, I have a story I need to tell you
1: all about my book tokens. It is a hundred percent relevant, I promise. <laughs> you say that now. <laughs> you know it's relevant know, because I'm you kidding. know the story already. I know. Um. So I got some Waterstones gift cards. So Waterstones is a big bookstore chain. I guess Barnes and Noble. It's like maybe? Barnes and Noble, yeah. Like the American equivalent. Yeah. Um, so I get always get gift cards from my from my sister and her partner for my birthday and for Christmas, and I save them till January to spend them in the sales. Yeah, that's right. So I picked the books that I wanted. I Had twenty pounds worth of of gift cards. My books came to twenty pound fifty, so I could either spend three pound on um, postage or four fifty for another book in the sale and get free postage. So I was like, I'm getting a third book.
0: Yeah.
1: I ain't ain't paying for postage. Royal Mail's shoddy at the best of times. So I was looking through the sales and this book came up and it was £4.50 it's a crime thriller, it's called Night Shift and I'll read you the blurb because it is here on my desk. (laughs) And it says, On a mining base in Antarctica... (laughs) Anders Nordvelt is a last minute replacement as head of security. It should be an easy job, the crew have been rigorously checked and the base is completely self-sufficient. But Anders has no time to integrate himself before an act of sabotage threatens the project. All communications to home are cut and the base is left completely isolated. As the new arrival, suspicions fall immediately on Anders. How will he be able to do his job when all of the crew suspect him? He must untangle a complex web of relationships from his position as prime suspect. But soon the stakes are raised further. Systems fail as the long night falls and a body is found in the ice. Will anyone endure the night shift or will frozen corpses be all that remain? So, I found... Like, I ordered my books last week. And originally, we were going to do something else for this week. Mm -hmm. Um... Which we'll tell you about in like six months when we finally get around to it. Yeah. Uh, because we got sent a free book by an someone. Author. Yeah. Who and was like, hey, maybe you want to read my book and do an episode about this case? And we were like, yeah, cool. And then because I had the flu over Christmas and what have you, I never read it. So yeah, and I haven't. it it cancelled in for some time later in the year. Yeah. So, then we found we. we a BuzzFeed article about random sort of dark and crime Wikipedia pages. Mm-hmm. And it was, one was Crimes in Antarctica. The same day that I found this book, so obviously it's all destiny.
0: Clearly. Mm. So, yeah. So, I just thought I'd tell you all that. Yeah. I mean, it's all, all relevant. Um, Can't promise everything else we say today will be relevant. <laughs> Mostly, probably won't, but... You know, you knew what you were signing up for. If you're I, new here, I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you're new here, and you've made it this far, welcome. Yeah, you're you're, like, you're in it now. <laughs> there's no turning back. There's, there's 98 other episodes of this for you to work through. Hey. <laughs> yeah, this is our 99th episode. What the fuck? I know. So let's go... Go down to the ice y'all um now before we get into the crimes we should talk a little bit about antarctica in general um oh god i can already see that the word is in here like 27 times (laughs) um the continent of antarctica is the southernmost continent in the world almost entirely within the antarctic circle which is the southern hemisphere's version of the arctic circle i can say that one um and contains the south pole i'd never heard
1: of the antarctic circle i mean oh, really? it obviously makes sense yeah because
0: you've got the arctic circle at the top of the globe and the...
1: but i'd never heard of the antarctic circle uh, i feel like i have I like,
0: oh but... yeah that makes sense yeah i feel like i have but now i'm second guessing myself I'm just like maybe my brain filled in it's like well if there's <laughs> one there has to be a like a opposite version right <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel like you more uh, colloquially hear like North and South Poles, yeah, um, so, apart from the penguins, who are lovely, um there is no indigenous population of Antarctica, and as such, there are no societies or countries. they don't exist. And so, like, nobody governs the land, 98% of which is covered by ice sheets with an average thickness of 1.2 miles or 1.9 kilometers. That's thick. That's thick. Uh, Now, the idea of a frozen southern continent to balance out the Arctic had been theorized since the time of the ancient Greeks and ancient Romans, but it wasn't quote unquote, discovered by Europeans, at least, until January 1773, when Captain James Cook and his ship's adventure and resolution sailed within 75 miles of the Antarctic coast. And he would then pass by it again in December of 1773 and January 1774. So like a year later, Yeah. Um, Cook would later say that he believed they had seen the polar continent. Uh, Many expeditions would set out for Antarctica over the next 45 years from the UK, Spain, Russia, and the USA. Many were successful in crossing the Antarctic Circle and getting close to the land, and some, sadly, weren't so successful. Um, You had some ships getting wrecked, and... uh, The cruises' fates are unknown, but, you know, probably, probably the worst happened there.
1: Yeah, it's not good if you're shipwrecked in one of the coldest parts of the globe.
0: Yeah, I mean, you hit that water and you're pretty well fucked.
1: So who exactly was the first known person to set foot on Antarctica is disputed by historians. It is generally thought to be American Captain John Davis in February 1821, but not everyone accepts this claim. Uh, Ten years later, the magnetic North Pole was discovered, and so scientists recognised the importance of Antarctica, and exploration began to map Antarctica and find the magnetic South Pole. However, for much of the 19th century, many expeditions to Antarctica were actually for commercial purposes, like seal and whale hunting. Oh, no. Rather than, like, there were a lot of scientific expeditions, but primarily it was...
0: Seal clubbing.
1: Yeah, and whaling.
0: Oh, no. Mm.
1: Uh, From the 1890s to the 1920s, the so-called Heroic Age of Antarctic Expedition happened. They saw 17 major expeditions from 10 countries across Europe, as well as Japan, Australia, and New Zealand. It was during this period that the magnetic and geographic South Poles were finally reached. By the late 1920s, long-distance air travel was becoming a thing, with Charles Lindbergh crossing Mm -hmm. the Atlantic by plane in 1927, and the Arctic was traversed by
0: plane in 1928. So next antarctica obviously gotta do it uh so in december 1928 sir hubert wilkins flew over one of antarctica's islands in the same plane used to fly over the arctic which was called the san francisco um on an expedition largely funded by william randolph hearst we can never get away from this guy can we no he crops up a lot yes because he had like the most money in the world for a long time, I guess, is kind of how it happens, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> um, so, appropriately enough, Wilkins named the island Hearst Island after the trip's financier. And later explorers renamed it Wilkins Island, uh, but officially it is still known as Hearst Island. Well, that's nice of them to recognize the guy who actually went there. <laughs> yeah the first successful overland crossing of antarctica was the commonwealth transatlantic expedition from 1955 to 1958 led by sir edmund hillary and dr vivian fuchs the second overland crossing did not happen until 1981 when reynolds fines crossed the continent as part of his Transglobe expedition
1: so dr vivian fuchs i was like like so, okay, this is the fifties, and Vivian is a woman's name. This badass woman is like in Antarctica, traversing this ice sheet, and all this, and like, no, Dr. Vivian Fuchs was a man. Oh, very disappointed. I I assumed also the same as you. And uh, I think it was the seventies before women were allowed into Antarctica, because it was assumed that the female body could not handle <laughs> the cold. Obviously. This decision was made by men, obviously, and men also thought when trains were invented that women couldn't go on trains because their insides
0: would shoot out of their bodies. <laughs> look, look, there was a lot of misinformation going around. <laughs> it just like, it's definitely one of those things where someone just said it once and everyone was like, yep, yeah, that seems right. And then they were like. let's build the entire society around that oh my god lovely so despite almost 250 years
1: of exploring and many attempts by many nations antarctica has never actually been properly colonized despite the best efforts of you know (laughs) The British, who have laid claim to it as an extension of the, you know, our islands in the South Atlantic Ocean, such as South Georgia, the Sandwich Islands, and the Falkland Islands. Just move right past that one. Yep. Uh, The French have laid claims to parts of Antarctica, but not as much as the Brits. (laughs) Uh, Germany and Norway have also laid claim to part of Antarctica. Uh, Again... Not as much as the British. Uh, but during the Second World War, whilst you know all the European powers were a little bit preoccupied, <laughs> Chile and Argentina uh, decided to make a play for various parts of Antarctica that Britain had claimed.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So there's still territory dispute between I mean there's always going to be territory dispute between Britain and Argentina because of the Falklands. But even in Antarctica, we are you know mutually angry at each other (laughs) in the 1930s the usa had been interested in establishing bases there sounds right and in 1946 operation high jump began to try and establish a u.s uh, presence on the continent and in 1950 the ussr soviet union also asserted an interest in the continent
0: also sounds right
1: which didn't go down well because everyone wanted to keep the soviet union out
0: Yeah yeah i could imagine that mm. um now you'd be forgiven for thinking that by the 1950s the world's major powers might have learned that this kind of land grab doesn't really work out in the long term but um you know they didn't learn that no we still haven't learned <laughs> no, that. nobody has learned that um Now, throughout the 1950s, all sorts of negotiations went on over who had sovereignty in Antarctica. And as interesting as it is, you know, we don't really have time to get into it all. But let's just say that in 1959, the Antarctic Treaty was signed and came into force in 1961. The treaty was signed by 12 countries, Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Chile, France, Japan, New Zealand, Norway, Russia, although They signed it as the Soviet Union. Um, South Africa, the UK, and the USA. And currently, uh, 53 nations have signed the treaty. Territorial claims have been made by Argentina, Australia, Chile, France, New Zealand, Norway, and the United Kingdom. But parts of Antarctica remain unclaimed, and other countries have set up research bases there, too, including uh, the US, Russia, and Ukraine.
1: So... The Antarctic Treaty designates Antarctica as a scientific preserve and established freedom of scientific investigation. And crucially, it bans military activity on the continent. Mm. Now, I say crucially because the main goal of Operation High Jump was to establish US <laughs> military bases in Antarctica and train personnel for a hypothetical war with the Soviet Union. Like a literal <laughs> Cold War. Nice. If you will. Uh, now, because there's no native population, there's no sovereignty in the Antarctic. The treaty also decrees that those who commit crimes in Antarctica are subject to punishment by the criminal and justice systems of their own country. So, as we understand it, let's say you are Spanish uh because Spain is a signatory to the Antarctic Treaty, but has no territorial claim. Mm-hmm. So you're Spanish and you commit a crime in a part of the Antarctic claimed by the UK, for example. You would be subject to Spain's legal system and not the UK's. But it is also possible that the country whose base you are on, or who has like laid claim to that land, can begin leading pre- legal proceedings as well. So basically,
0: it's really
1: confusing. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like you're subject to your own country's laws, but this country can also like arrest you as well. Yeah. Hmm, it's very confusing. I feel
0: like that would get tricky pretty quickly. Oh, you about to find out? <laughs> I guess we'll we'll need to keep that in mind as we go forward mm-hmm. here. Uh, now, the population of Antarctica ranges from about a thousand people in the winter. To about 5,000 people in the summer, which, as we have established, is right now. So, 5,000 people-ish are down there right now. Although, I don't know what that's like with COVID, but... And uh, crime rates there are very, very low. Uh, Now, that said, alcoholism is known to be a problem due to the isolation and being that far away from home, you know, literally at the end of the earth, uh, as well as sheer boredom because there's not a lot to do in Antarctica when you're not working. Uh, now this can also lead to mental health problems, um, and not necessarily criminal behavior, but, you know, potentially criminal behavior. Mm. Uh, But either way, research bases in Antarctica aren't built for comfort, entertainment, or well-being. They're built to minimize costs, uh, which is, according to an article, by Canadian Geographic. I did not know there was a Canadian Geographic. I didn't. Uh, And this month's issue has a lynx on the front. Cool. A combination of alcohol and boredom does mean that fights and and indecent exposure are fairly common on some bases in in Antarctica. I'm sorry, any kind of exposure in Antarctica (laughs) seems like a bad idea. That is risky. That is... You gotta really want it, you know? Whew. Um... Now, according to New York Times article, these quote-unquote minor offenses are usually dealt with internally, with the culprits usually, usually transferred off Antarctica, sometimes fired, um, sometimes to work in other departments closer to home. Other notable minor crimes include riding motorbikes through environmentally sensitive areas.
1: Not gonna lie. If I was going to commit a crime in Antarctica, it would probably be riding bikes or quads or some other fun vehicle far too fast somewhere I
0: shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, that does seem pretty fucking cool to just rip around an ice scape on, you know, a little zippy vehicle. So, according to the Wikipedia page on crime in Antarctica, because that is where we got the idea for this episode. Other than those more minor crimes, there have been five crimes committed in Antarctica since the treaty was signed in 1959. Now, there's varying amounts of information about each one, but we're going to take uh, a quick look at them all.
1: So the first crime, according to this list, took place on the Vostok Station, which Vostok literally translates as to East. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, which is a Russian but obviously in 1959 it was a Soviet uh, research base in Princess Elizabeth land, which is claimed by Australia. (laughs) Uh, Now, there's little information about this incident, likely because it took place during the time of the Soviet Union. Mm. So we don't know much about... uh, We don't even know the names of those involved or the exact date of this incident (laughs) and it's kind of told as a footnote to you know other crimes committed like on Russian bases and just generally in Antarctica Mm -hmm. which you know we'll get to soon but this is what we do know so one night in 1959 two research scientists were playing a game of chess the game came to an end and the loser was so enraged and or upset at losing that he attacked his opponent and stabbed him with an ice axe. Ow. Mm. Now, sources vary on whether or not the victim survived. Um, so the KGB conducted an investigation, which is their right, obviously. It's their base. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a Soviet base, so the Soviet Union can decide which of their authorities conducts an investigation. Mm-hmm. And as a result, chess was banned on all Soviet Antarctic bases.
0: Yeah, that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Oh, man. I mean, like, I get it. You're, you're This is, like, the 17th time you've played chess with Yuri, and maybe he cheats, and you're just so upset, but like, Don't reach for the ice axe, man. Reach for the vodka. Reach for the vodka. Have another drink. Give him a light punch on the shoulder. But don't fucking impale him. Mm. Good lord. I'm gonna guess there's, like,
1: alcohol and mental health issues going on. Yeah. Probably, like, due to the isolation as well. Yeah. No, for sure. Or
0: brought on by isolation. Which, like you would think that chess would help with because it's a mentally stimulating game. But like you say, if you've lost twenty five <laughs> times in a row and he always cheats, maybe maybe you're maybe just it's, a little bit mad. Maybe it's exacerbating the issue. Yeah. Like i can see that too. There's no well, there's no good good uh solution. No. Except maybe just, you know, not going to live in Antarctica, but
1: yeah. But what is interesting is some retellings of this are like an un unconfirmed or alleged incident. Ah. So but it's also included in a lot of others as like fact. Uh-huh. But again no we don't know what happened. So yeah, maybe maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. Nobody really seems to know. I mean, it's the Soviet and- Union, of course. <laughs>
0: we don't know. Yeah, and I don't think we will know. No, I think you know, people have other priorities now. Now the next serious crime to take place in Antarctica was about 25 years later in April 1984 when the Almirante Brown station was burned down. Uh the Almirante Brown station, sometimes just referred to as the Brown station, is an Argentine research base and also a tourist destination. Uh, because it's on the coast and part of the Sanavirion Peninsula, excuse my pronunciation, uh, which is the closest part of Antarctica to South America, making it an ideal place for tourist expedition trips to stop and disembark. In April 1984, the base's doctor had been due to return home after a summer at the base, but he was then ordered to stay on for the winter. Hating the prospect of spending the winter on the base, the doctor decided to burn it down instead <laughs> sure why not
1: <laughs> but again if if you've been there say let's say 6 months and you're facing another 6 months and it's winter and it's inside so i don't know if it's the same as the arctic circle but if they're in the antarctic circle does that mean you have like the long yeah the 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 de- like complete darkness for days yeah so i can understand If you're like, no, I want to
0: leave and I will do anything to leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thankfully, nobody was hurt and the staff were rescued by the USS Hero and taken to Palmer Station, a US base 36 miles away. Uh, The station was rebuilt but is now only in operation during the summer. Sounds like they learned their lesson. Yeah. In
1: 1996, The McMurdo Station on Ross Island, which is a New Zealand claimed area of Antarctica, was the location of the third serious crime to take place on the continent. Two of the base's kitchen workers got into a fight, which resulted in one of them attacking the other with a hammer, and a third member of the kitchen staff tried to break up the fight and was also injured. So the two injured men suffered severe enough injuries that they required stitches. FBI agents were actually flown to the base. <laughs> I think this is like the first and possibly only time mm-hmm. that it's happened. Uh the perpetrator was arrested and taken to Honolulu, uh where he pleaded not guilty. And no more information has been made available to the public, so we don't know we don't know the names of these people, and we don't know whether the
0: cook was prosecuted or not. So is McMurdo station a U.S. station? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Forgot to add that, but yeah, (laughs) McMurdo is um, a U.S. base, but it's on New Zealand-claimed area. uh So technically, they are subject to the, on their base, they are subject to the U.S.'s laws. Yeah. Off their base, they'd be subject to New Zealand Mm -hmm. Uh, laws once they're off, like, US jurisdiction yeah. or US claimed area. Yeah.
0: Interesting.
1: Um yeah, so it's very similar to the the Soviet case. Yeah.
0: Just like you get you hit your breaking point basically.
1: Yeah. So well not not just that but like in the way it was handled yeah. by authorities. Yeah. It's like yeah, we're all accustomed to it, something happened during the Soviet Union, oh, there's not a lot of information because it happened during the Soviet Union, but the West's just as bad when it wants to be,
0: oh yeah, well, especially so, for something like this, where it's like it's not like you've got a big local population like clamoring to hear the outcome, yeah, it's <laughs> you know the most isolated place in the world, and they've now they've taken them out to another location to investigate and prosecute mm. or whatever so yeah that's interesting
1: so yeah that's all that's known about uh this particular incident
0: and that was 19 that was nineteen six.
1: so that's there's that like that's 12 years after the fire at the Almirante mm-hmm. base there's been no major crimes, so I could see why they'd keep it quiet because yeah. it could become like a media.
0: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Sort of sensation like you don't hear a lot of news coming out of Antarctica anymore.
0: <laughs> no. So one of the most well-known alleged crimes to have taken place in Antarctica is the alleged murder of Rodney Marks in 2000. Rodney Marks was an Australian astrophysicist, working on the Amundsen-Scott South Pole Station, which is under the jurisdiction of the USA as an American base. But uh, that part of Antarctica is claimed by New Zealand. On May 11th, Rodney began to feel ill while walking between the observatory and the base, and he visited the base's doctor three times over the next 36 hours as his condition rapidly deteriorated. The doctor couldn't diagnose Rodney and sought advice via satellite. But the following day, Rodney died at age 32. Sorry, I have the hiccups. Because this was the beginning of Antarctic winter, there was no way of flying Rodney's body off the continent for an autopsy and eventual burial burial. So his body was stored in a freezer on the base for six months, when he could then be flown to Christchurch, New Zealand, for an autopsy.
1: So the autopsy showed that Rodney Max had died from methanol poisoning, and Australia and the US and New Zealand agreed to the inquest being held in New Zealand. So you've got Australian citizen, US oh, base, yeah. New Zealand claimed territory. Yeah. So Rodney Mark's death received a great deal of media attention as it was the, you know, first murder at the South Pole and it had previously been described in the press and press releases, you know, put out by all three nations mm-hmm. as a death from natural causes. Mm-hmm. So, as we said before, the outcome of the stabbing and the Vostok base in 1959 is unknown. So technically, Rodney Mark's death is... The first murder mm-hmm. at the South Pole might be the second, yeah, but because we don't know what happened on the Vostok base, mm-hmm. might. But it's generally like in the media, it was the first murder at the South Pole, literally at the South Pole base, yeah. So you know, big media sensation. Uh, a theory had been put forward that Rodney had ingested the methanol voluntarily killing himself rather than spend the winter at the south pole but this theory has been largely rejected and another theory was accidental death so he allegedly had issues with alcohol addiction and some believed that he was distilling his own alcohol and accidentally poisoned himself (laughs) although this theory has also been widely rejected as there was a fully stocked bar on the base from which roddy max would have had you know easy access to alcohol and it's also been pointed out most physicists are smart enough not to distill their own. Yeah. Using methanol. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's a that's a good point to remember. The only methanol known to be on the base uh, was in cleaning products. And there were only 49 other people on the base at the time of Rodney Marks' death. So you would think it should have been like pretty easy to solve Rodney's murder. But you would think. You would think. But here we are. (laughs) Unfortunately, the jurisdiction of the base was a source of contention between New Zealand and the US long before Rodney Marx's murder. Police in New Zealand contacted the 49 people working on the base, all of whom were American, and only 13 of them responded to the request. Uh, Now, according to an article by All That's Interesting, the US government refused to aid New Zealand police in any way. They did, however, conduct their own investigation into the murder, but have not shared their findings with the New Zealand police, nor have they made any findings public. So, to this day, Rodney Marks' murder remains unsolved, uh, and few expect it to ever be solved or for any kind of criminal proceedings to occur. Uh, And even his own family were reported as having given up on getting answers about his death. That sucks. Yeah, that does suck. But it
1: also, like, demonstrates the whole issue of jurisdiction and... Yeah,
0: and how, like, fraught the sort of political nature of this whole area is. Yeah, because you've literally got three countries involved there.
1: Technically, the US does have jurisdiction, but they haven't made... And they've, you know, done their own investigation but not made it public. Yeah, yeah. But it was then agreed that New Zealand would deal with it. Yeah. But then you've got the actual victim is, a, is from a third nation. Yeah.
0: Very, <laughs> Very complicated. So this
1: brings us to the most recent serious crime to take place in Antarctica. So on October 9th, 2018, Sergei Savitsky stabbed his colleague, Oleg Beloguzov, at the Bellinghausen station on King George Island, which was first claimed by the British, but has also been claimed by Argentina. Funny how that keeps happening in this region of the oh, world. Yeah, go figure. So neither claim is recognized by the USA or Russia. Sure, sure. So Sergey and Oleg had been stationed together for about six months, and it was known that they didn't really get along very well. And they had previously been stationed at the same base together in 2014 and 2015. But on this October night, their feud turned lethal when Sergei Savitsky stabbed Oleg Beloguzov in the chest. Ow. Now, it was believed that Sergei Savitsky was suffering from an emotional breakdown at the time of the attack, and reports vary as to what triggered like this breakdown and the actual attack itself. Some say it was because Oleg Beloguzov had been spoiling the endings of books that Sergei was reading that he'd taken out from the library on the base. Oh my god. And others said that he had told him he should get up on a table and dance and see if he could make some money. Oh boy. All accounts report that Sergei Savitsky was heavily intoxicated at the time. So whatever led to this breakdown and attack. Uh, Oleg Beloguzov was flown to Chile for medical treatment and he survived. While Sergei Savitsky turned himself into the base's leader and he was flown to St. Petersburg 11 days later and
0: then placed under house arrest. Um, After recovering from the attack, Oleg Beloguzov also returned to Russia. In February 2019, Sergei Savitsky attended a preliminary hearing at a court in St. Petersburg where he accepted his actions and reportedly requested criminal punishment rather than rehabilitation treatment. However, Oleg Belaguzov was completely forgiving and requested that Sergei Savitsky not be prosecuted. This request, coupled with Savitsky, having no criminal record or history of violence, meant that Judge Anatoly Koven agreed to drop the case. This means that, as far as the general public knows, anyway, nobody has ever been convicted of a crime committed committed in Antarctica. And that is our whistle stop tour of crimes in Antarctica.
1: Yeah. I think it's really interesting and very kind of compassionate that uh Oleg Belagusov was like even though he didn't like this guy yeah. was like no please just stop let
0: him let him go yeah well and also like i feel like it's such a it's such a rare thing mm. to be able to understand the kind of conditions and isolation and deprivation yeah. That comes from being in this extreme environment that probably he's just like, dude, I get it. I wanted to stab you a million times. I just didn't happen to do it. And you just happened to do it. So like, yeah, I survived. We're good. Yeah. Which is very, it's it's very big of him, I guess. Yeah. But like, I, yeah, you know, you must really have to form a community. Because otherwise, you'll all go nuts. Yeah, and there will be
1: nobody left at the base, just frozen corpses. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like your book. Yeah, like my book, (laughs) which I'll I'll have to tell everyone about when I've read it. Yeah. But yeah, very interesting, the whole idea of, of crime in Antarctica. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, like... It makes sense, you know. Mm. Like I was saying before, it's like you get, you just get so wrapped up in being where you are, and the same thing, and the harsh conditions, and the same people, and j- just yeah. like, I yeah, it's pretty easy to see how people would snap. the The interesting Definitely. one to me is the poisoning.
1: Yeah. Um, and not just like. So, you don't accidentally drink methanol. No. Like, it ha- it has to be put into your food or your drinks somehow, like, purposely. Yeah. Like, nobody on a base in the remotest part of the world should be that careless that cleaning products are getting le- left lying around and mixed in with food and drink. Yeah,
0: no. that's That's, um, what's the word? Intentional. <laughs>
1: But it also demonstrates this,
0: like, really fraught and contentious issue of jurisdiction. Yeah, absolutely. And it's also interesting in the Rodney Marks case because it's, like, it's a U.S. base, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a U.S. base, it's an Australian man, it's New Zealand-claimed territory. Yeah. But, like, it's interesting that... I mean the US probably was like, look, don't talk to don't talk to the New Zealand police. Or yeah. the US did their own investigation and found that it was one of their people and was like Well if, hey,
1: If there's forty nine other people on the base and they're all American Yeah. If it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck.
0: Well, it's like it's not in their best interest to say, actually yes, mm-hmm. one of our own murdered yeah. one of their cohort. Like Definitely,
1: yeah. It's, it's not what you want, especially, so it's a us baseball. but it's on New Zealand territory, so in theory, New Zealand could evict them.
0: Yeah. Well, and also... In theory. And also, it's not going to look good to say, oh yeah, um, if, you know, say, the U.S. investigation discovered that it was an American citizen who committed the Mm. crime it's not going to look good to say oh yeah we had an american and he decided to fucking slowly poison an australian guy like yeah and whilst there's all these like like
1: in theory so american citizen so under the jurisdiction of america yeah but on paper at least oh we'll cooperate with New new zealand can carry out the investigation we'll cooperate australia will also cooperate because it's their citizen yeah In reality, that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. And none of these cases have ever gone to court. Yeah, which is interesting. It's interesting because it's like it's already a very sort of like mysterious area. It's like Mm -hmm. kind of there's so many unknowns. It's a it's a harsh and hostile environment, uh, and then the sort of political climate. And all this other stuff just adds to the mystery of like you don't really know what goes on in Antarctica unless you're in Antarctica, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's very much uncharted territory in on like in so many different ways.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So
1: yeah, there have uh, been other sort of well-known incidents Mm -hmm. that took place. So there's an article by Vice which is linked in the show notes. And it was about the the stabbing on the Bellenhausen Russian base, the most recent one. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's also referenced, uh, so there was an incident on a Korean base in 2009, mm-hmm. uh, which sort of went not quite viral, but was widely watched on YouTube. Uh-huh. And it was basically a, a drunken brawl. Oh, good. But that didn't lead to any like criminal investigation, yeah, and was kind of written off as just just something that happens in Antarctica
0: I mean from everything it we've seen here alone, it sounds like that definitely is something that happens in yeah. Antarctica, <laughs>
1: but I suppose if there's no like long like if there's no serious injuries, yeah, and it's not like someone being. If it's not like very, if it if it's kind of equal weighting, like it's not just a one sided thing, like you stabbing your coworker. Yeah. If it's a drunken brawl, yeah, they'll probably be disciplined by their own employers, mm-hmm. possibly removed from the base,
0: sent back to work. You know, somewhere oh, else. Well, you can work in the labs back home. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too that I guess I was kind of forgetting about as well as that, like. These research bases, they have their own hierarchical structures that like there will be, you know, disciplinary actions or tribunals or whatever within that structure of each base. So, like, I'm sure that if they can keep things because it's hard to send people back to their home countries, it's hard to bring stuff in and like all the like everything is just hard so the more you can take care of things quickly and not disrupt everything you know probably the better off they are
1: yeah and it wouldn't surprise me if there's like non-disclosure agreements involved yeah there'll be like there'll be some there'll be extensive background checks yeah definitely um I would hope there'd be, like, mental health checks as well. I'm sure there's And I think a lot of bases also have, um, like, psychiatrists or counselors Mm -hmm. or therapists alongside, like, I was going to say, like, medical doctors, but, you know, like... Yeah, like, body doctors. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that (laughs) kind. Like, general practitioner, let's go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also wouldn't surprise me if there's, like, disclaimers and NDAs and things like that. Yeah, Totally. Involved or like, yeah, you might go a little bit crazy, and you might get cabin fever, and someone might try and kill you. But you sign here to
0: say you won't sue them Hey will sue us. You signed up to it for it, so <laughs> exactly. Like, Lots of uh just sounds like real frustrated people. <laughs> yeah, I don't and blame. I them.
1: think after the last almost two years. Yeah. I think we can all have some level of understanding. <laughs> oh, for
0: sure, absolutely.
1: If you like this kind of episode, tell us because we like doing yeah. these sort of overarching ones because we just like
0: reading and finding out new things. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun, and like especially if there's like a type of case or like a location in this instance of cases where like there haven't been a lot of them but there have been a handful that are all kind of related or interesting like that's it's cool to look um, at
1: be sure to join us next week because it's our 100th episode how? we don't know but it is (laughs) Um. so yeah next week 100th so it's a Scottish case Mm -hmm. it has been highly
0: requested (laughs) by about five people which is high in our (laughs) in our metrics (laughs) uh and we're looking forward to it yeah
1: and uh we will be back this friday with our unscripted monthly ramble for two pound plus patrons
0: or we also did something kind of different so that's
1: yeah that was uh that's fun fun games and puzzle books yeah Uh, so in the meantime if you like the show be sure to rate and review us on your podcast app especially Apple podcasts because it helps us get in front of more people's ears and subscribe. So you never miss a new episode.
0: And if you'd like to help us cover the cost of making the podcast and help us invest in the future of the show, you can join our Patreon page. Tears started just one pound per month. Every patron gets regular episodes a day early. Um, A shout out on the show. When you join priority case requests and a lifetime merch discount, and that's just for one pound per month. As the tiers go up, you get even more, including bonus episodes and exclusive merch. Um, you know, including those uh, those two pound and up monthly rambles, which are a barrel of laughs and randomness. Yeah. So, you know, if if you like when we go off script, which we have been told by people are the parts of the show that they like the most. <laughs> if you really like that. You would really like the monthly rambles. <laughs> yeah, they're they're fun and we enjoy doing them. Yeah. Um. So you can check all that out at patreon.com slash square mile of murder. And the links will be everywhere they usually are on our website, in the show notes, on our social media pages, wherever you may find them, they will be there.
1: So uh, we will see you next week.
0: Yeah. get Get, get fucking for, ready. For Bring your party hats. Get ready for 100. Yep. See you then. Yeah. Bye. Bye.